Hey everyone, this is Adam Ellenboss from Nightlight Astrology, and today we are going to preview this fall's upcoming eclipses. We have two eclipses coming up, one in the sign of Libra, a solar eclipse, and then one last lunar eclipse in the sign of Taurus, rounding out the final eclipses that uh, were previously taking place while the nodes were in Taurus and Scorpio. Now we're going to get one last out-of-sign eclipse where the node the nodes are in Aries and Libra, but we're going to get one last lunar eclipse in Taurus. So we're going to take a look at these two upcoming eclipses and sort of preview and prepare ourselves for those today um, before um, uh, before they come. Get it, get out ahead of them. Of course, closer to the time of the eclipses, we will visit them again and do horoscopes and things like that. But felt like a good time as long as we've been looking at the nodes of the moon this week with Mars that we should take a moment to reflect on the upcoming eclipses as well. So that's what we're going to do today. Before we get into it, don't forget to like and subscribe. Please share your stories and comments in the comment section. It really helps the channel to grow, as you guys know. And you can find a transcript of any of my daily talks on the website, nightlightastrology.com. When you're over there, be sure to check out my readings and courses. If you book a reading, um, my wait time has recently gone down. It was up to a year. It's down to about eight months now, if I remember correctly. So a little bit better on the wait time. But anyway, uh, as you're checking out the readings and courses and um, signing up for a course or booking a reading and you have any questions, feel free to email us, info at nightlightastrology.com. Okay, well, uh, let's, for, and by the way, before a million people comment, yes, this is like my fourth or, I don't know, I think I have four or five Grateful Dead shirts and the, the <laughs> not that I'm like the world's biggest fan, I've just become really enthusiastic about them, but I asked for a t-shirt for my birthday and then like, everybody got me one. So, <laughs> and then I, <laughs> I'm the kind of person too, where I'll ask for something for my birthday, like a month in advance, and then I'll get, imp I'll get impatient and I'll, I'll, I'll order the thing I asked for like on Amazon or something. <laughs> so anyway, so now I have like four Grateful Dead shirts and, uh, but I, I don't mind having good t-shirts in my collection. I'll say that. Uh, any <laughs> anyway, uh, to all of you real Grateful Dead fans out there, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I am I'm growing in my um, I'm becoming more uh, familiar and in love with them every day. In fact, I'm going to see Ashley and I are going to go see Bob Weir in September uh, as a way of celebrating our anniversary. So well, that should be fun. OK, well, anyway, let's take a look at these eclipses. Um, it would be fun at some point to do Jerry Garcia's birth chart and like to take a look at it, pull it up. But I, I think that also like half of you would be like, what, <laughs> what, what are you doing? <laughs> so anyway, um, all right. Well, here is the October 14th solar eclipse. Uh, this eclipse is, um, I think it's, it is an annular solar eclipse visible in West Africa, a little, patch of North America, South America, the Pacific, Atlantic, and Arctic. Um, so, and I can never remember the difference between the different types of eclipses, but at any rate, a solar eclipse from the astrological standpoint, whatever the type of eclipse is, stands for, it's, I always describe it for a long time, I've described it as something like a very powerful version of a new moon. It's a new moon, you know, it's a, it's a new moon on steroids. It is a new moon that is uh, inflated or exaggerated somehow because the eclipse amplifies the transformative power of the new moon. Now, all new moons are typically described as starting points of a new cycle. The karmic cycle of a month 
the month and the word moon share the same etymological root, by the way, is not super important. Like in our roots and spheres monthly moon circle, every moon circle is every moon circle on the year is very different because we look at different astrology and we diet different plants to work with the energies of the month. And depending on the other transits that are taking place around new and full moons or during the course of any lunation cycle, you know, some lunar cycles can be very powerful and others are, you know, they're, they're not as powerful. And of course, a lot of it depends on how they fall in your birth chart. But one of the things that makes a, an eclipse um, a little bit more powerful is that eclipses come in cycles of nine and 18 years. So this is not just a karmic cycle that is pointing to a transformation taking place over the next month, but over the course of about a year and a half as eclipses fall in the same signs that the nodes are traveling through repeatedly, and that these eclipses are part of recurring eclipses happening every nine and 18 years, roughly speaking, that makes all of those details are what make an eclipse so powerful, where it's not just the month ahead, but it's it's affecting change that will um, take place over, you know, again, all of 2024, for example, throughout the end of this year and through 2024. And then it will be tied to cycles of recurring karmic um, uh, encounters that go back nine and 18 years. So, um, and we've gone over this already when we looked at the you know, the entrance of the nodes of the moon into Libra and Aries. We've looked back at those previous cycles. But this is the first uh, major eclipse in Libra or Aries since the nodes have changed signs. So it's important to pay attention to um, that transformation. Now, we're going to look as well at the lunar eclipse in Taurus, uh, which is coming. But let's start with this Libra and solar eclipse and what to watch for. Three things. One is going to be a new beginning marked by a karmic tipping point. Now, I call it a tipping point because although people typically think of Libra as the as a, a sign that values balance and like equality or, or something like that, it's an egalitarian sign. You'll hear people say that too. Um, the other thing that happens in the sign of Libra is that the equinox, the light and dark, are equal, but... The sign of the balance has more to do, broadly speaking, with the balancing of the solar year and the balance between light and darkness within the solar year. Why? Because in Libra, the dark half of the year begins, which acts as a point of balance for the light half of the year. Light is not light and dark are not to be understood primarily in moral terms. I mean, they can be, and for thousands of years, people have looked at light and dark in terms of a moral struggle between good and evil, but energetically, archetypally, light and dark like yin and yang are a complementary and divine pair in astrology. And so when you think about the tipping point of uh, Libra, you're, you're not thinking just about balance in some perfect equilibrium, but you're thinking about balance in terms of a cycle of light and dark and that what goes up must come down. Where there is light, there must be darkness. Where there's a light half of the year, including spring and summer, there must be a dark half of the year, including autumn and winter. And we are talking now symbolically, not literally. So it doesn't matter which hemisphere you live in. This is a symbolic language. So the point being that a Libran solar eclipse is a new beginning, like any new moon, uh, but it has a long history behind it. Uh, 
recurring nine and 18 years. It has a intense year and a half ahead of continuing to work on the themes it's about to introduce. And broadly speaking, we may be starting to have, we may be having to look at the opposite of something that we, you know, that's been in the shadows or the unconscious. So where there's certainty about something, a, a karmic tipping point in the sign of Libra could introduce us to reasonable doubts or reasons to call into question things that we felt quite certain about or humility where there's been self-righteousness. You know, so it's not a karmic tipping point in a punitive sense, but in remember the, the, the planet exalted in Libra is Saturn, who was the planet that was the ruler of oppositions, the aspect and opposition, which is all about polarities. And polarities for ancient astrologers had two different ways of relating to one another. One is that they move fluidly across the spectrum and interrelate with one another. And the other is that they, they can't relate to one another. And so they have a kind of tensing and relaxing quality that's creative in nature by virtue of the one not being the other. It's like good and bad or good and evil have this kind of, you can't be both at the same time. But then we also live with a very real sense in which good and evil are sort of relative and can move fluidly, you know, like it's, it's interesting watching, you know, my kids um, move along a spectrum of like virtues and vices or good and bad behavior. So there's a way in which good and bad are fluid and there's a way in which they are polarized. And we have experiences of good and bad being in both ways. The point I'm trying to make here is that this Libran tipping point is about visiting the opposite of something. So what does that look like? Visiting the opposite. And that and look especially to the house it falls in. Number two is the start of a new era marked by a rebalancing. Now a rebalancing is similar to visiting the opposite of something, but it has more to do with where there has, it's about trying to pull two extremes into some kind of middle path. So on the one hand, you could be about tipping from one extreme to another or having to visit the opposite of something and take it very seriously. Uh, you know, um, if you've been really busy, you might have to seriously visit rest. Or you could say that it's the start of a new era marked by the need to balance rest and play, right? Have a, uh, or rest and, uh, I should say, rest and work so that you have a kind of fluid, uh, temperance, the, the, the quality of temperance is another way of looking at it. Sometimes a Libra is about visiting an opposite. If you've been on one pole, it's about going to the other side. On the other hand, sometimes it's about bringing two things into uh, more of a fluid conversation or a balance. And that's why I was saying that the ancient astrologers had two different ways that they viewed opposites in Pythagorean and Platonic thinking on the one hand, you have the visiting of opposites as qualities that don't mix. So I do I do too much work and then I, I might need to tip into doing too much rest or I eat too much and then I eat too little. And that's an experience that we have. And, and the universe has a way of teaching us by putting us into extreme opposite states. And then there's also uh, a Libra lesson that has to do with mingling or blending uh, opposed qualities into some kind of um, into some kind of balance, and neither one is better than the other. They're both things that happen with the sign of Libra, you could say. So, and then finally, number three, a new beginning marked by a new ideal image 
value or aesthetic, which are all Venusian things that could come into the picture with a solar eclipse that marks a new beginning uh, in an airy uh, Venusian sign. So a new value, a new image, a new aesthetic that is going to open up something new in your life. Now, that broadly speaking to me defines the three most likely things we're going to see uh, opening up under the first of the eclipses in Libra. Let's go forward to the next eclipse, which is going to happen on the 28th. Now here you'll see, and I just, I don't have this perfectly mapped out, but there's the moon opposite the sun. That's a full moon. This full moon is happening as the moon is exalted in Taurus uh, with Uranus and Jupiter co-present. It's very interesting. And you can see that it's out of sign. You'll notice that the north node of the moon, which is helping form the lunar eclipse, is, uh, you know, six, about 11 degrees away and out of sign. But nonetheless, it still creates an eclipse in the sky. So what can we watch for? Well, number three would be a culmination around the body or senses. I say culmination because that's what full moons bring. They're like blossoming moments in a karmic cycle. This one, again, has history behind it because we just finished up a cycle of eclipses in Taurus and Scorpio that also have nine and 18 year cycles coming behind them repeatedly. So a culmination around the body or senses, two things that Taurus, the exaltation of the moon and the sign of Venus, an earth sign, uh, love to um, bring up. So a culmination, meaning the blossoming point of a cycle that's been going on with respect to things like the body and the five senses. How are we sensory, sensual, physical beings? And what have we been learning to that end? Uh, about our bodies or about being in the physical world and what kinds of lessons are sort of reaching their, their final culmination. Number two is a moment of karmic blossoming with respect to our rhythms. I'm going to call them biological rhythms, the need for security, stability, wealth, power, happiness. So Taurus is a sign that loves steady, rhythmic, beautiful, powerful, abundant, wealthy, happy, um, easy, you know, harmonious states. And so because of that, there's just such a, um, this, this lunar eclipse in particular in the sign of Taurus, because again, it has history behind it, because we've done a bunch of these eclipses in Taurus, has the potential to um, bring to completion or closure a, a kind of fruiting or blossoming of everything we've been working on over the past couple of years and maybe longer periods in our life with respect to the Torian values of security, stability, happiness, steadiness, whether that's through wealth or power. Sometimes that can get a little superficial or even greedy. Those are sort of the shadow sides. But with respect to our trying to establish, you know, rhythm, stability, happiness, steadiness uh, in a kind of powerful, abundant state. What have we learned? Where has it brought us? This is the kind of final karmic fruiting of our desire to establish those things in different areas of our lives. And number three is a time of completion with respect to all Venusian topics. Oh, that could be sex, that could be love, that could be wealth, that could be uh, our body or um, the, uh, the artwork in our home or an artistic style we take on or our wardrobe. This, all things Venus are reaching a point of um, 
flowering, that we've been in a cycle that for a couple of years has been really working into Venus's domain. She is the goddess of love and pleasure and beauty. She says, if the universe is filled with philosophical truths, they better be beautiful and they better be pleasing and they better be enjoyable. Don't forget that because I'm the goddess and this universe is not just some kind of algorithm, right? It's a sensual experience. So with respect to our desire for a life that is beautiful, essentially gratifying, pleasing, delightful, harmonious. Where have we been? What have we learned? And with any other Venusian topics, you could see this as a time of completion or culmination. So these are the top three things that I believe we'll see with those two eclipses on the 14th and 28th of October. And I think it can only help us to be aware that these eclipses are coming that they're very powerful. They're both in Venus ruled signs. It's interesting that Venus will be in her fall in Virgo at that time. So there's also maybe um, visiting of some of the shadows of Venusian topics in where they've taken us. That could be, or, or where we're heading with respect to them. Sometimes a planet in its fall signifies, well, there's something that's kind of in a state of disrepair and how can we build it up and make it strong again? Um, so, a, a, a interesting Venus. And we'll take a look at that when we get closer to the eclipses, we'll be visiting Venus and Virgo and its implications as the ruler of both eclipses. So more on that down the road. I hope this was useful for you today and that you get some, some good, um, you know, that this will help you to prepare for those eclipses ahead. All right. Well, that's what I've got. I hope you guys are having a good one and we will see you again tomorrow. Bye everyone.